Hi, I'm Bahuma. And I'm Jesse. Welcome to the Monologues. This week on the Monologues, we have a collectible card game from Clarity Games, and we have a summer beer from a well-known distributor, Stella Artois. Yes, we do, and it is called Stella Solstice Lager. Let's get that uh, cracked open before we begin. All right. Like I said, Infinity Gauntlet for the win on the little bottle opener. Yeah, well, I'm not a savage. I'm pouring mine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I'm just going to drink it. Pretty subtle. It's actually really good. Yeah, so I was reading the site. It says decent summertime beer with uh, notes of citrus and a clean, crisp finish. So seems like a very summery beer. Yes, it is. Uh, smells very summery. I'm smelling the citrus, like just just smelling it. It's got a very, very light, light, thin head when you pour. It definitely meant to be drank from the bottle, you know? Yeah, and I won't go into it too much. We'll get into the game. But before we do, I will say that this was a seasonal. Uh, they did turn this into a year-round, which I think says a lot. For our area, I don't think it maybe is popular, but the fact that they went ahead and turned it into a year-long, that, that says something. But let's get into this game. Uh, we picked Chroma, Bloom, and Blight. And I just want to start this off. The developer, did you say it was Clarity, right? Clarity Games? Clarity Games, yeah. This is another free game. I got mine off of Steam again, and I think I was just kind of browsing for something different, you know, way different than Spellbreak that we did last week. And I'd just like to say that it was a rough start right out of the gate. It, it couldn't be more different from Spellbreak than from <laughs> <laughs> Bloom and Blight. I mean, no. this was polar opposites, whereas, you know, Spellbreak, fast-paced, get in, get moving, get going. This was sit down slow yourself uh, and uh, be prepared to learn quite a bit. Yeah. You're in for a haul. If you can't read, don't download this game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just period. If you don't like reading, don't probably download this game. And I don't mean to be negative about it, but it takes a lot. So, I mean, it is a collectible card game. So, I mean, that kind of comes with that territory, right, though? You know, um, Hearthstone, there's a fair amount of reading, stuff like that. You know, you play Magic the Gathering online um, through their arena uh, client. It, You know, it's a fair amount of reading inside of there. So, yeah, it's kind of all there. But I think this just, it, it seemed like it was a bit overwhelming because it's all kind of dumped on you so fast because everything is available to you immediately. Like, you, there's no... There's no like card packs that you open. You don't get a base set of cards. You get every single card immediately. You do have some starter decks to give tries. Like they give you an idea of what to do, but it just dumps everything on you, right? Yeah, I, I exactly. Uh, also, so if you look at it, they you can tell that people put a lot of storyline into this because yes, it's a card game. Uh, so you wouldn't think a lot of storyline, but if you go, they have like a lore tab at the top. And that was one of the first things I noticed was holy crap like there is a lot of to read uh, in the lore so they put a lot of backstory on this and the first vibe i got was that this game maybe wasn't just meant to be a card game and maybe they had bigger hopes for it early on because it seems like there's like a lot of story they created another world i think it was called arholt uh was their world they had different continents uh, all on that lore page which i thought was pretty unique and i read some of it but trying to get into the gameplay i didn't take a lot of time to read it I mostly wanted to see how the card game functioned, and they did have a pretty basic background sound. I mean, it was soothing. It was fine. I also would like to add, too, if you hadn't played it or downloaded it, and you just caught a trailer, I did see a three- or four-minute trailer for it that was actually enjoyable. I mean, kind of funny, brought you into the game, showed you a little bit, had some character voices for the different characters as like the storyline, uh, and kind of kind of hinges the, the trailer hinged on, you know, build your own story. And before I go any further with that, they kind of give you a good chance to because there's 24 heroes that are kind of like the main component starting your deck, which is huge. I mean, if you're comparing things to like Hearthstone, it keeps it a little more simple early on. Uh, walking in to pick a build a deck and you have 24 heroes, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, each hero has three different abilities 
that are all unique. They all do completely different things. Not only are the heroes unique in that way, but they all use different types of mana in different amounts. So you don't get like endless amounts of mana. And so there's four different types of mana that you get to play with or five if you count neutral, right? Right. But four colored types. Um, so you got blue for insight, green for ambition, purple for devotion and red for valor. Those are the types that you get to play with. And then all of the different heroes that you get to pick from all have various mix and matches of those combinations of those colors that, that you can adjust your monocurve on. You get to choose your own monocurve. So you can choose your own deck to go a, along with your monocurve and then structure your monocurve based on how you think your deck might play out and then restructure that entirely. There's a lot of flexibility built into this game system. And it's overwhelming how Very. much flexibility there really is for somebody who's just jumping in. Well, let's start at the beginning. So you jump into this game, and like most games like this, you get like a little tutorial. With it, I will have to say, so the first tutorial, it, after I was done with it, I was like, okay, I kind of got it. You know, your hero has health, blah, blah, blah. You have cards. You're trying to do damage to the hero. They have some core principles like, uh, you know, where you place your cards and the different acts. And there were some things I tried to pick up on as quick as possible. and that mana that you're talking about, that's what's kind of funny. So they didn't have a very good tutorial when I first started playing the game. And I will say first, because when I, after I did it and I built a deck, I didn't even have the mana correct to use cards I had in my deck. And there was no warning sign or anything preventing you from still putting those cards in your deck. You know, that added layer, which, you know, on a developer, and that's so far down the spectrum of probably what's important that it wasn't thought of. But so here you are, and I, I built this deck, couldn't even use half the cards, figured out a little bit more is going on, tried to tried to figure it out on my own, and then about three, four days later, I go to get on, they did a huge patch update, and added a better tutorial, so I went back and actually played that second tutorial and kind of got more into it, and it does do a better job of the, the detailed part of the game, and I think I actually read in the patch that, you know, they, they knew that it was needed, but they were, you know, kind of on a time crunch or something, and they were trying to get it out there and figured they'd go back and fix it, which they did, I mean, it was... It was definitely helpful, but even with that, I would still say that you're going to have to give this game some time. If you're looking for something that you don't want to think about to learn, you just want to jump in and maybe do some casual gaming. I don't know that this is the game I would pick for casual gaming. I mean, it, it may, at least not right at the beginning. So let's also think about like when you say that they just added that tutorial kind of on the fly. Let's also think about they just entered open beta. Right. This is still an open beta game. so. This is not the full full release yet, even. This is still open beta. They're still getting stuff out there, but they're working on this stuff fast. I mean, this thing is still moving, but there are there are some weird, you know, bugs with it. With, you know, it being an indie game company, I, I think that's kind of a little bit to be expected, but they're there you can see with the with the way that they're releasing um updates like that, like getting that second tutorial out there so quickly that they're actually responsive to their community because they saw, they had to have seen that there was that, that ask in their community for sure, you know, for, for some guidance as to what to do next. <laughs> also, you could probably tell they weren't going to just give up on it. Um, it wasn't something slopped together, at least not from what I saw. Yes, there are some issues, but just look at the detail to the artwork um, that it's, it's kind of a good mix between kind of, somewhat cartoony kiddish with also some serious magic the gathering mix i mean there it's a really a good middle ground if you take like if you're if the two you were going to compare would be like hearthstone to magic the gathering not that that's the only card games out there but it's a like kind of dead center in the middle on the artwork aspect at least that's how i felt yeah i would agree there i mean it it wasn't it wasn't maybe as as dramatic and produced as some of the magic the gathering cards can be like how defined and artistic those are um, but it wasn't as simple and basic as maybe some of the uh, Hearthstone cards can be. It, it definitely did do a pretty good blend. It has its own style for sure. Yeah. Um, and it all went to get together really well. It, it all fit its world really well. Yeah, I actually like the play mat that you that you. Um, it's like your default to start. I'm sure they'll have more as time goes on. But I actually thought there was a lot of artwork going on around the play mat. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the gameplay itself and actually talk about how things laid out when you are actually in a match. 
So when you're in a match, there there are some positive <laughs> things to talk about, and there are some really weird things to talk about that, that make this game very unique to itself. Like, it is just another card game, but it does do some really weird things that are kind of unique to just a card game. So it, it you know, let's start off with, you have 40 health, right? So everybody everybody has a health pool whenever, whenever you're playing a card game like this, you've got a health pool. But these this has barriers. It has two levels of barriers. So there's never a one-shot kill section. Like, you can't just be one turn killed from anywhere, really. So at 30 health and at 15 health, you have these barriers where you're going to hard hit and then it progresses the quote unquote story. So this is how they're advancing their play, their, their gameplay. So they have um, three acts in their gameplay is what they've defined it as. And in the first act, you have just your basic moniker as it opens up. Right. And you start off with 40 health. And as soon as you either deplete the act counter or you break that health barrier, that first health barrier down to 30 on either one of the players, you advance into the second act. Once you hit the second act, you get opened up extra mana, right? Two neutral mana enter your mana curve in addition to the mana that you're already gaining each turn. You also activate your second ability. No, your second ability is actually active for the entire thing. You always have your first and second ability active. Okay. Are you sure that wasn't hero um, yeah. based? I no, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. I feel like when I played, I could never get my second ability to, until the second act, and then you couldn't use your third ability to the third act. Uh, I, well, I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't spend, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It was a lot to take in. Uh, I mean, I, I, I feel like I did get to use... so. I had a match go on where we stayed in the first act through the entire um, counter, which is quite a while. I mean, it's like 30 turns. And I feel like in that time, I managed to get my, my second ability off once and get some pl uh, armor plating. So I, I played one, one of the guys to get my, and his ability was to get armor plating. Which I thought was unique that, that that's a, um, you know, you talk about those barriers. That's kind of how the plating worked. Yeah. It didn't matter how hard you hit. You were only going to lose the one plating. I thought that was actually pretty unique also and kind of annoying in the same sense. Right. I mean, if you're battling someone with plating, you were like, it doesn't, you have to hit them X amount of times. If they have three plating, you have to hit for three separate attacks to get that plating off there. doesn't matter how hard your first hit is. Oh, it just makes it, it makes you have to be that much more strategic about how you're playing. Right. So for if sure. you're going with this face roll deck and you've got a giant, giant creature out there you know, a nine, nine or an eight, eight sitting out on the board and you're just smashing in. You can't just keep running that into somebody. If they've got armor plating up, they're only going to take the one and lose the one plating. Right. So they still have ways to counter counter those. That, that was kind of ingenious, you know? And so you're talking about the health pools and then working down through the counters and we work through the abilities, whether you get to use the second one or not. I, I didn't see that, but maybe that is the case, but I know by the third act is the only time you can use your third ability and you can only use it that's also that's another unique thing about that abilities is so your hero has three abilities that third ability you can only use one time mm -hmm. i don't know if you caught that or not mm -hmm. and the, the level of detail of this game while i say it's kind of bittersweet is because you have so much going on that all the way down to so like a card may take two different types of mana or even three different types of mana but it was going to use if one was neutral and on the card required it's going to burn whatever one's next. So you could actually allocate. And this is like how detailed this game got. You could allocate what mana was to be used first when you played a card. And that's another level of that like strategy. Because if you're just throwing cards out, you may have one mana left that you could have used had you played it with a different card. You know, because my, my most of the, I tried like two or three different decks and most mine had two to three different mana types. And that was the first thing I noticed was like, okay, I've got two red over there left, but I, the card I, you know, needs uh, one of the green mana. Oh, I had a green mana, but the first card I played burned it. And so I was like, holy crap, like this does take a lot to, it's, it's not just a, a simple one, two, three. It's, it's, you're getting into layers, you know, eight, nine, 10 deep of strategy that you're watching for. Yeah. There's a ton of strategy going in this game so much so that uh, I really found that one of the things I didn't like about the whole gameplay was how they did the turn timer. So the turn timer to me didn't stand out very much. And so much so that I I actually lost quite a few turns 
uh, just because I didn't realize where the turn timer was or how it was working uh, when I was trying to do that mana allocation and trying to plan out my cards and when they would go. Because, you know, you have certain cards that have to be played in a certain order, uh, not just because of the mana cost, but also because those cards buff the cards coming up next or receive a buff from the card that you will play after or, you know, some other scenario. So you're thinking about all these different things that you're trying to get accomplished. And, you know, while you're doing this the whole time, the turn timer, which is not very apparent, is just ticking down. And I didn't realize it until actually just today uh, when we just before we came to record this. When I realized, oh, hey, there's the turn timer. I see where it is now. Now I can check where I'm at. That was freaking great. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, there was so much going on. And I want to point out in this uh, podcast, if it gets a little bit confusing with our uh, going back and forth about this, guys, welcome to our club playing this game. Because there was, it, I understand there's a learning curve at the beginning of every game, but to keep it on the complex side, I was learning something big, not like something minute, something big to affect my strategy every time I played around. I mean, and I didn't get to play but one live match. I, and I think it's because it's so new. There's not as many people out there. And I personally, uh, with my wife and my like 17 million children, I did not have the time <laughs> to wait forever for all these matches. So I played a lot of bot matches, but I did. I learned something that was, I would say, medium to heavy needed to know like to play these games and i also want to point out i already opened the second beer this is going down extremely light and i mean it's this is definitely a summer beer you yeah, could just drink these all day probably yeah that's for sure it's super super light super clean uh very crisp i did get to play a few more um live games than you like uh i got to play maybe 10 or so live games against people uh, unfortunately, I played like the first five against the same guy over. I was about and to say not to give you and over again, and he just I was like, not to give you crap. But how many of those did you back out of? Uh, I yeah, I played. I backed out of quite a few because I was trying to avoid the same guy because he just kept rocking <laughs> my world. Uh, because obviously he knew what he was doing, and this was me in my first couple of days playing this game. Um, and yeah, like it. So, I mean, getting live matches was, was really tough. I, I even tried going into the ranked and I, I, I waited for like five, 10 minutes and couldn't get a ranked match. Um, and I think it's just size of the game, you know, really more than anything. I think playing in the ladder is probably where it's at to kind of get geared up, you know, to, to where your real learning is going to happen, you know, where you're going to learn with the people who are on your same level. Um, because I felt like the bot matches were just way too easy. I didn't have a single struggle with any of the bot matches. The only time I had any issue was playing that, that siege master deck that you first start off with. It was like your third or fourth. or I think it was like the third deck that you try. Like they give you like five decks to try. It says play the decks in order. It's actually kind of funny. If you read the deck names or it is literally play the deck in order or something like that. And I think the third deck is the siege master deck. And that's the only one I didn't care for just because I didn't care for, um, the decks actual or the, or the, the heroes abilities in the way that one played out. Um, but I still didn't have any problems with the bot match. The only time I did is when I built a deck that had cards that couldn't be played because I didn't have the correct mana. <laughs> I did lose that bot match. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> it was it was quick for me to go. But that, again, I said that was before the second tutorial or the other, you know, the, they it kind of worked on the tutorial. So I was like, I had no clue why I even got the different colored mana because I think it might have been the Siege Master deck that has mostly the same color, if I remember right, the starter one. Which it's funny, we both were drawn to try that. Um, same with the Harbinger. I know you tried that hero as well. And I think that's weird. Out of 24, we both picked the Harbinger. So I actually went back after you told me you played him and I picked and I can't think of his name. It's pretty, pretty wild name, but it was the one that's ability made the toy bots uh, oh, for his first ability. Yeah. That was instantly fun. That was a very uh, fun ability to mess with. Yeah. Uh, that, that so far was my favorite out of the ones I tried. So th th that one was actually a fun, that was one of the, that was one of the first um, try decks you could do too. Like it, I think that was uh one of those ones, and he just created a golem. Magna Architect. Yes. And he created a bunch of golems, 
and uh, they all buffed each other if you built it correctly. It, that was actually a pretty fun deck to play with, too. Um, the one I, I liked the most was the one. So uh, me and the I didn't have enough time to play this game or figure out how to build my <laughs> own deck went into their Chroma Discord channel because everything's got a Discord anymore. I went to their Chroma Discord channel and actually found a deck from the lead uh, developer from this game, uh, Wami. Uh, and it's a deck with uh, from the Envoy uh, hero. Uh, and that's the one I played the most, uh, was that deck. Um, just, just because it was the one that felt the most complete to me. You know, somebody who actually built the game knows the decks and yeah. <laughs> I still think that's who you kept playing. I think that person you ran into five or six times was the developer or one of them. I don't know, man. Like just just trying to get some more population on there to play. It was rough. Uh, so so yeah yeah. I don't blame you for backing out. Uh, so back to playing this game. You like you said you started out strong with the forty health. You know you're playing cards. Oh, you can also have forty cards in your deck. So I think they're very into the f- number forty. Uh, you know, you could assign your mana and when you're going to get it when you build a deck. And every hero has different mana that they're allowed, but the same amount, correct? Mm-hmm. And so, like, some might have only two types of mana. Some might have three. That Magna Architect had three, and it was four of the red, four of the green, I think four of the, the purple, maybe, or or something like that. And I just alternated them. I just went, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Uh, but so then you you use that mana to play your cards. But some of the cards had special abilities, and I thought that was unique that they weren't a one-time use. They You could burn the mana and use it one time each turn. So I thought that was pretty cool, too, and it would just be like on the, on the card when you played it, there'd be a little glowing circle if you had enough mana to cast it, and you could just use their ability once each turn. And so I think that was really unique, too. But like I said, it there's another layer of that complexity that could either... Like I use the word bittersweet a lot. It's it you could either deter people with the complexity or bring people in if you're looking for a strong strategic challenge. And I think if this game can get some more people, I definitely think it would help. But you know, you know how online games are. That's that's usually the problem they run into is it takes players on an online game, right? So it, you're not hinging on the storyline and the graphics and everything you put into this. You're also hinging on you need the population playing it. And yeah. this game's still early on, so I, I wouldn't say that they're like you know in trouble. But I would say that that will probably be the challenge: is people are going to want competition, and which means people are going to have to play and go through this beginning learning curve that we both struggled through very fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, so to go more on that complexity, like there was even things like you could play cards from your your ash pile. So you're at so like uh, most trading card games, you have like a, a graveyard or your ash pile um, is what they called it in this game. Uh, and you also have a void, which things in the void cannot be played from the void. Things in the void are, are gone, gone. Um, uh, but, but things from the ash pile still can have another life, right? So you can, so there were a lot of cards that had um, separate effects once they were in uh, the ash pile. So the envoy, I had several uh, things were, that were, you know, uh, teed up like that, where I would play a card um, just to get something into my ash pile, uh, just to try to get that card into my ash pile. Then I would play another uh, companion, an uh, an avatar, uh, because that card that now that it was in the ash pile would buff any avatar that I threw out there. Um, so yeah, it was it, you had to really think about how you were playing this game, and if you didn't know all the synergies of how these cards played out. It's 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 very very overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look at that for example. I didn't have a single strategy that hinged on that except for that Magna Architect. After you made so many toy bots, if you got to that third act, you could use that ability, that third ability, one time, and you would make a six six bot out of your ash pile, and you picked the three bots that you chose to build with, and they had different abilities, which you know that like uh, like passive abilities, like one would have bolt which means it could attack the turn you played it. Um, you know, one would have, I don't even remember, like two attack instead of one attack. And so, you you know, you could combine different ones and make your 6-6 six, six bot to have all those. Um, that was the only time I played anything, I think, out of the Ash Pile. Uh, I did play some cards in that Harbinger. Um, that was big about making cards go to the Void, I think. It seems like every time I used that deck, I was like, 
I, I feel like I played a deck with the Harbinger one time that it almost felt overpowered. I, I played a card that would um, lash out and branch out on the uh, adjacent uh, playing field at random and make void spots. And so it would kind of lock down the opponent's uh, battlefield. So you have like, I think six or seven so, card spots. Yeah, seven. Seven. Yeah. And it would, uh, there was at one point I had three of them locked down with void spots. They couldn't play anything in that or it'd go straight to the void. Huh. And I, it's weird too, because we didn't play long enough. I feel like I didn't play long enough to even remember what card that was because I felt like, holy crap, that's kind of like a, a game changer for sure. And you, I mean, you did have cards that were, you know, as you went through, like I, I did a lot of building my own deck several times just to see all the cards. And one thing I noticed is, um, you get into that top tier, higher monocost card. that's going to obviously be a better quality card. Multiple of them took multiple mana. You didn't really have that one card that cost six of one mana. Most of them were three and two, maybe of all three different types of mana. I mean, it, it <laughs> again, we can, I can't stress this enough. This game had several layers on every Avenue, you know, to make it more complex and give you options. I mean, it's very flexible. Uh, I mean, there's there's definitely like no end to the ways that you could play this game at this point. Like you can build the deck, you can have your your sideboard. So I could see see I didn't get to try the the best of X number of matches, like best of three. So that was that was a cool feature. Like you could go in and say, hey, I want to do best of three. I didn't get I didn't get to try that. Uh, I would have maybe liked to try that if I would have been around a little bit longer playing this game. I think uh, because then you can get into sideboards. Now I know what deck you're playing. Now how do I counter that? That that is actually kind of cool. That that to me that harkens back to like you know old school um, Magic: The Gathering. I'm you know grouping up with a bunch of friends and we're all gonna sit down and play. You know, and now we're we're you know going against each other. And what am I gonna do to beat you? So I actually thought that was really unique too, and I caught that really early on. <laughs> like I said, I never really did get to many mess with matches on it as much as I would like to but that that's kind of the first thing I thought was that was extremely unique because we've all had that in any kind of card game if you've ever played any of them you've always had that where you're like man I just didn't get the right cards out of the draw like I know I could beat that you know <laughs> and so that kind of gives you that chance to actually prove if in the long range of numbers you're going to win it out you know mm -hmm. so that no I agree that was actually really cool uh, even for uniqueness for being a card game I would have to say that this game was extremely unique in a lot of ways, there's of course it's a card game, so there's some things you run into that are the same. But the uniqueness also, I think, derived from the fact that I felt like they were cramming in so much stuff. Every it's almost like every idea they had for the strategy part of this, they were they were putting it in it in some way or another. Like you said, the the axe, which I don't even know that would necessarily be needed for the game, but they still added it in there. And like you said, it is nice. It does stop. It does prevent like you know. Uh, if you want to call that like a Zerg or like a Blitz instantly, you know, you can't really do that. Oh, oh no. Uh, th they have found ways to do that. I did play against somebody who, who actually managed to Zerg me in about, uh, four turns. So really, uh, yeah, yeah. They had it worked out perfectly. Like turn one dropped a companion, turn two hit me with their ability and, and that companion, um, turn three broke my first barrier by the time <laughs> we hit, by the time we hit turn, no, so I guess it was five turns because that fourth turn, they broke my 15. And by the time we, you know, hit turn five, they had enough to deal 15 damage to me. And I could do nothing to stop it, like zero things to even slow it down. And I had all sorts of taunt out on the board too and everything. So, uh, really? Yeah. It was, it was pretty rough. I mean, so there are some, some unique things like, I was doing everything I thought I could to counter that. I, like I said, I had, I had uh, taunt minions. I don't, they're not, are they called taunt in this game? I can't remember, <sighs> but they have the, like, they're, they're shielding minions, right? Yes. If you're adjacent to them at all, you have to attack them. But that was also a unique feature is, so say in that seventh slot, if you had a guy on the far opposite end, you could bypass him and still attack his health. Yeah. I thought that was also super unique. And that's what they were doing. Like, I, I had two taunt minions out and I had six of the slots covered and they managed to drop in another one just in that seventh slot that I didn't <laughs> have covered and uh, yeah, slammed me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Would you call that luck or tactic? <laughs> no, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Or just a beating. It was a beating. It was for sure. I, I mean, from a quick, 
review. I, I, I expected some of this stuff for sure, but it was very overwhelming uh, in a lot of ways. I don't know that it's a game I would continue to play. I say that, but given the time, I mean, I do like a challenge, and that's one of those things. If you're stubborn and you really want that that challenge to master something, I feel like this gives you a lot more options. And that that free every card available is you're, everybody's on the same playing field at that point. You're not you're not trying to buy packs of cards to get a certain card, you know, to build a certain deck. Uh, you're at the same level starting that everybody else is going to be and always will be, and. I think that is awesome in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I, I have no negative thing to say about that. I mean, I, I'm not. We've we've had this discussion before. Really try to avoid the paying, especially if it's going to continue to grow. You buy if you buy a game one time, and that's the cost of the game, and then you get to play it infinitely. That, that's okay to me. That's I can definitely get on board for that. But games that are going to continue to evolve, and they want you to keep paying these little micro payments to keep going and keep going. At first, it doesn't seem like much, but if you're a game, if it's a game you're invested in, you're going to have a couple hundred dollars in the matter of a year or two, easy. And that that just is kind of ridiculous. So yeah, I'm an avid Hearthstone player, uh, so much so that at this point, I'm I'm only playing because uh, I've invested too much into it to stop. Uh- <laughs> have you calculated how much? Uh, no, I don't want to. Uh, I would be approaching probably. 2000 or more um over the course of since that game's been released um holy easily, buckets dude. easily uh 2000 or more uh, and i i i did read an interview you know with the lead developer of this game about you know some of the reasons and frustrations that he had with with hearthstone in particular um uh, about why he created this game and what are the things that he was trying to overcome with making it um making every card available and making it the way that it is now, I, I I would have to say that, you know, if this was more widely available, like if I could go and play this on my phone, I might give up Hearthstone um, and play it. Honestly, I, I would probably put way more time into it and just play it on my phone instead of playing Hearthstone. I did not see anywhere, uh, nor did I look really hard, uh, mostly because I was trying to learn how to play this game and look at some of the other side stuff like the lore. But did they... Did the developer, did you see anywhere that he had uh, intentions to add cards as the game progresses? Or do you think he would naturally? Yeah, I I was going to say, I think he will have to naturally. I think as the game goes on, depending on, you know, how it's received and how long it goes on, I think at some point he's going to have to expand it. Um, The one thing that I did see um, that uh, was kind of one of the four four thoughts of this game was also having um, the cards be... Uh, available to everybody allows for rebalancing to happen kind of at will, right? So if something is uh, overpowered uh, or plays out uh, in a certain way or is only played in the latter in a certain way, it can be rebalanced at will without any fear of somebody having spent money on anything. You know, cards are nothing at this point. You know, it's just all strategy. I would also like to point out, I I also play Hearthstone, sir. (laughs) And I think I'm, uh, I don't know that I'm, great at it but i think i'm okay i do i have a little bit of fun on it and i know i tried to calculate the money i spent i haven't played as uh you know i took a huge hiatus for several years from it and came back mostly because it's again it's it's quick it's something i can hop on and do for a little bit and i know that personally i've spent probably about a hundred dollars on it uh just this past year which looking back you know again they get you at those uh oh you know, buy this special thing or this special edition or get these packs and, oh, a new expansion dropped, you know, you need this and this. And just trying to stay competitive, uh, you know, I ended up blowing like $100 on this game that was intended to just be something quick and easy I could play on the couch on my phone, mm-hmm. you know, or here and there or hook up with you and do a couple of matches and boom, 100 bucks. I, I'm, I'm sure the money's, I mean, it's racking up. So, yeah, I, I see what you mean by that. If you said, you know, if this had a, a clean... Uh, user interface on your phone and, and worked well and didn't have any hiccups, which I cannot say right now. And I know it's early in the game. I cannot say the PC version even has that. Uh, you know, I don't like to talk real negative about stuff, but we have to hit that point. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to still give a good review and and the things it needs to work on is there is some some clanky, some janky stuff with um, different uh, tabs to click into, like the cosmetics tab. I think 
had some issues, or I did anyway. I know, uh, I believe you said you had some issues with some of the matches. Trying to load into matches, yeah, I was having some issues. Like I would get a match where, say, you know, it was connecting me into somebody, and then as soon as it would spin up the server, it would wait for the second player to connect to the server, and then it would just boot me out to the loading screen again. You know, I've seen that happen with other games too. So, yeah, I mean... But still, it's not something you ever like to see happen. And this just seems like with the match wait times with this game, it's definitely not something that should ever happen. There's there's no reason for your server to have that kind of an issue um, when you have not very many players playing. <laughs> I can see like, yeah, that's... a game like Hearthstone that has millions of players playing at any given time, occasionally bonking out. Um, but this, you know, this is... There's nobody playing. Uh, it should be reliable. Yeah, and it's it's hard to tolerate that too if you've been waiting a while, you know, and you get into a match and then it bugs out. And like I said, some of the tabs were not all of it. Um, they they could probably I, as much as they worked on that tutorial to kind of improve it. I honestly think it could be even fine tuned, and not the first part of it, not all of it, but maybe even make a third one that gets a little more detailed about deck building or bring in even some more tactic you can use with some of the different elements of that game. Uh, there's just it, there's just no quick way to learn this game. That, that's the bottom line. There's just no quick way to jump in and get it figured out. You're going to have to invest a little bit of time and get a feel for how things operate in this game. Yeah, like, I mean, explaining all of the different mechanics of the game, like Dawn and Dusk, you know, those were something. Yeah. It's a basic mechanic of the game, but yet it wasn't explained at all in the tutorial. I even had to ask you what it was. It wasn't until I actually saw how it played out that I understood what it was. Now I get a lot of games don't just have a detailed explanation for you like that, but they at least have some support someplace that explains the mechanics of all of their cards somewhere. And or even I, the I like um, jargon. Yeah. You know, even a jargon list just to have a word and then a description of what that means. You know, everything from the, you know, the bolt. I only knew what bolt was because I tested it out. And if I had no other card game knowledge, I don't know that I would have figured out some of those as quick as I did. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing to point out, too, is if you're if you're coming from which is probably the people that's going to be attracted to this, you know, probably the people burned out about Hearthstone and spending the money. I could see that. I could see this game pulling some of those people away, mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. If they can work out some of this bugginess and, and get a, a population growing and get more marketing out there, because that's the other thing too, is is looking for a game to review. Uh, I did not come across this easily, which you know, marketing's a big thing and that's hard to get out there, but it took me a while to find it. So if you were someone that had never played a card game and you jump into this, you might love it because it's like so different, unique, and so much going on, or you might go like, "What the hell? Like, I don't have time for all this." Like. I'm already lost. So I think you're right. I think a support page or something to kind of help out with some of that. Just quick descriptions of what everything means from cards, abilities to whatever. Because it's the same as someone that's never seen Magic the Gathering. If I handed my wife a Magic the Gathering card and it had a bunch of description on abilities, she'd be like, what the hell is this? Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's and coming from someone that's played card games, and, and I don't just mean Magic the Gathering, but I mean, heck, you go back to when we were kids. What person our age didn't have a Pokemon card at some point, you know, <laughs> with uh, different mana and everything else? And there was Yu-Gi-Oh! And hell, even my boys had some Naruto cards, you know? Like, so I've seen card games, you know, all over the place. But even some of these cards, at first read, I went, what? And had to like go back and read them two or three times to go, okay, I think I can figure out what this means. Yeah. So, and I, I know we've stressed the uh, complexity out quite a bit, but I just want to make that very clear that yeah, be ready for what you're walking into to try this game out. It's free, so definitely give it a try, but you're walking into a world of learning. Yeah. Um, but you know, they, they did spend a ton of time on that lore section. I mean, they put an, a, a lot of effort into this game, and it just feels like... They put effort into areas except for the explanation. They put er put effort into the world and the feeling and the ambiance and the story, the, the things that, that I guess will, in the long run, make the thing okay and great in the end. But the thing that will make it launch, I don't think they spent the time in. The things that make it jump out and easy to get into or easy to transition into. 
just aren't there. Yeah, to get a fan base, to get a fan base instantly. It's weird. The thing that goes back in my mind every time I kind of get on this game, I think of a story. It's kind of weird. I think about reading a book. It's That's like the cue to me. And not just because like reading the lore and stuff, but almost because I get this vibe that there is a lot of character development and backstory for this world. I, I really do feel like these people like wanted to write a fantasy novel, you know, and they're like, yeah, but I'm good at making video games. So I'll just do that instead. You know, I don't want to take the time to write a whole fantasy series. That's that's the vibe I get every time I like load this game. There's quite literally a novel's worth of lore in that lore tab. I mean, it, it it's it's there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they got their their book in. but like you said that i could see that in the long run playing out for them mostly because anybody that falls in love with a series can't get enough you know you get that one good uh whether it's a book or a movie you know i love star wars you almost can't get enough of story about that when you love that world and this kind of seems like they jumped to the end first and did all that part of it they built all this you know massive detailed world and kind of skip past what where you start at. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe you're right. Maybe they've in the long run. Maybe this will actually pan out for them. They'll, they'll work on the the beginning stuff as long as they stick at it and, and kind of uh, polish and sculpt this beginning game. And then you'll bleed into this like, yeah, they already have that hard long part done. You know, and they can just kind of build on it. It's a possibility. I mean, it's definitely not a game I'm going to get off my computer. Like so, Spellbreak. Spellbreak will probably be something that. Uh, if, if, so my boys installed it, um, on their, uh, on their computer in their Xbox and they've actually asked me to play it. So that'll be something that, you know, I might play with them once or twice, but by myself, if they don't ask me in a month to play it, it's probably gone from my computer. I I just don't want to waste the hard drive space. This game, I'll probably keep around, um, and, and hop in it. And just see where it's going. Uh, I'm actually kind of curious to see if, if it does evolve ever, uh, how they're going to go. How are they going to expand more characters? 24 effing heroes. How are you going to make more? Yeah. How are you going to make more? Yeah, I think the th- the thought process just in their hero abilities was uh, pretty well done. And I know I didn't go through all 24 heroes, but the ones I did look through, I didn't feel like any of their abilities were that similar, you know? There's always a couple that do damage, but I mean, for the most part, they were all pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. None of them were duplicated. None of them had the same ability. They all did something very different and in very different ways, affected different parts of gameplay. They were well thought out characters. It's just, how do you build onto that? Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if I had to just, coming from someone who doesn't clearly make video games, I would say the, the first thing they'd have to start with just from me playing it is they'd have to make more cards first way more cards before they add more heroes, you know, introduce some, some other elements to, um, and I don't mean like, you know, the different mana, I just mean add different, uh, uh, you know, damage type abilities or abilities that they could, you know, work into a new hero. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah, probably. So let me ask you this question. And this is kind of where we always lead up to. Well, actually, I guess we can hold back on that for a minute. So, so you answered kind of something I thought about, which would be the repeatability. So for you, this is definitely something you'll play again. Uh, for me, I wouldn't say that it's not, but I'm not like, you know, I'm, I don't know that I'm thinking about it a whole lot and that, that might change. I do like card games, but I'm not, I think you have a little bit more appreciation for uh, the kind of the developer and the ideas than I, than I think even I do, uh, you know, and I'm, and I like the idea what they're going with, you know, the free to play not making it, you know, a bunch of payments. I do like that. It's just as of now coming from just solely someone that's like, Hey, you know, it's got to grab me pretty quick, or I just don't have the time to mess with it. This is not something I'll probably be playing again. I don't think for a while, you know, unless you, unless you or somebody else tells me, Hey, like, you know, they got some of this stuff worked out. and I hop on. I can tell you right now for repeatability, this is actually pretty low on mine because it took a lot to figure it out. It it just wasn't enough if I, you know, because now I'm biased. Now I've I've forced myself to play the time to get a good, you know, to get a, a decent amount of information to have some kind of scope or review. And if it wasn't for that, I can tell you within an hour, I probably wouldn't have continued to play this game. Yeah, I get that. Like if I, if, <clears throat> so we both know because while we were, we were, while we were doing the review portion of this, we were both texting back and forth. And this was, this was a, a slog. 
Uh, it was not the easiest get through. So even on my side, uh, yeah, had it been at that first hour mark, I can I can see where you're coming from. And and definitely kind of thinking more about the ideals of the game and where it's going and what it can be given the right care. That's kind of why I, I think it would be, you know, a repeatable game. Not like it's going to be something that's constantly playable. Like I said, if it was available on my phone, then I would play it probably more often than I would on the computer. The fact that it's bound to my PC, I I just, I have better things to do with this monster than play a card game, just to be fair. Uh, this thing was not built to play trading card games. So uh, I'm not going to put that through it. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you have, uh, you know, if you're waiting on a raid to take off, maybe I guess you could pop it open to a match. But I see what you're saying. For sure. You know, if you're waiting on somebody who's eating dinner or something, raid time's going, you, you know, but I, this is my thought. Had I had that Stella Solstice in my hand about an hour into the review and I had that beer next to me, I would have just opened it and probably went back to the fridge for more. That you, you know what I'm saying? Like it would have been something to help get me through this. The and, it, and I don't think I struggled real early on. I think it was as I got deeper into it and just went, yeah, like this is just a lot more work than probably it should be. Uh, and I don't want it to sound super negative. I, I do agree that if the right care and taking the time, and if you want something complex and you have the free time, and you and, and the other thing is too, it's not everybody wants something that takes a lot of controls. And takes a lot of, you know, fast paced action. And so, you know, being that, if you're trying to, to give it a non-biased look, you know, all you need is a mouse and some clicking. And so that's to kind of be taken into consideration, but it is a card game. But you can sit down and just click with your mouse and not have to worry about being quick and being fast and having the best processor and having the best computer. And is your internet speed working? You don't really have to worry about that. But in the same hands, you may not have to worry about it anyway, because you probably won't be getting a live match for a while. So, <laughs> I mean, there's also that note. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying. That's for sure. Yeah. When you, te- when you told me you finally had a live match, my very first thought was the, pro- the developer got on. <laughs> that was the first thought I thought. He hopped on to play. And then when you told me you, it was the same guy and you kept getting beat, to oblivion i went uh, yeah no tell me that's like the that's the developer he, he knows what cards to play uh so as we've been sitting here talking i have now finished my second of those stella solstice loggers as have i see you should have took see when i came to your house you should have took that third one uh, no no two's good two's good two's good yeah well i will say this uh i could drink the heck out of those I mean, it's it, again, we, we talked last time about the craft beer and its place. And this clearly isn't really much of a craft beer. It's definitely not, uh, you know, it's definitely a summer beer. It's super light. I don't know that I'd call it like super crafty, but this was super drinkable. I mean, I could just on a hot summer day, if you were doing something outside or whatever, I could probably drink about 12 of these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe shouldn't, maybe shouldn't, <laughs> but I probably could just sit and drink about 12 of these like they were water. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So, so that is very drinkable. There, there wasn't uh, a whole lot to to tear you from it. Um, very light. I don't know. I, I could definitely see having these on a cold or on a hot summer day, just, you know, fresh from a cooler, just, you know, ice cold. That'd be awesome. Whew. I mean, now you're, now you're, now you're talking my language here. Um, I'm already picturing myself outside, not doing anything, but enjoying the weekend and drinking. I mean, regular Stella is definitely not as tasty as this. I think I think they need to kind of replace the Stella shelf with Stella Solstice. This just my opinion. I can definitely see why they made this a full year-round beer. I mean, this is it's pretty pretty darn good, man. Yeah, I I, I could see why people drink this. Yeah, it's it's super good. I actually, if I had a, a, another one in here, I'd probably just go ahead and open it. Nice. But I don't, and I'm not going to mess with that right now. So I will go back into the game a little more and talk about kind of how you feel on a uh, scale of one to ten. You know, we like to rate these, right. and I've kind of in my head went down these different ones. If you're ranking this game, Jesse, out of ten, where are you going to place this game? And I know you're a little soft-hearted to it because you got a little more invested in the backstory, and that's fine. You can you can use those as factors. But where are you rating this game? So, all right. So we're gonna cut the we're gonna cut the soft-heartedness out of this rating just a little bit because, in all 
the f- the first bit of playing this game was not the best and it would take me a f- a lot more time that I'm willing to spend in it to get good at this game. If you're a strategy person, this is this is a good game for you. If you're a, a heavy strategy, want to spend a ton of time in something like card games, th- this could be a really good game for you because it's going to be a, a lot of strategy. This is all it is. Strategy on so many different levels, this is going to be your game. But where the game sits, it's it's about a four or five, man. It's rough. <laughs> it is. It, it was a rough play playthrough um, initially, and and I have to base that on several different factors. Just because the tutorials aren't there to help you get in, the story behind it is great. It just it doesn't. The story doesn't help you. The story doesn't help you learn what you got to learn and there aren't enough people on to help you learn bot matches don't help you learn i'm sorry but if i can go in with pretty much any damn deck i build and whoop the shit out of a bot bot what the point what's the point of the bot make your bots more difficult or get a better get a better matchmaking system or get more people involved there's got to be something there just wasn't enough people involved to make this playable like i i i don't know I actually was letting the bot matches boost my self-esteem on the game, to be honest with you. I, I wasn't. I, I knew. I knew they were rubbish. <laughs> I knew they were low-tuned. I knew they were there to help people Oh, I out. thought I was. No. Oh, I felt like a strategic genius when I was stomping those bots. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm ready for this. Yeah, get into some real matches, and you'll see. <laughs> you'll see what happens. <laughs> the same. Well, you're also. Same dude will stomp your face in 17 yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, it's probably because it's the developer. Of course, he's gonna be me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna create my own world mentally that says, "No, I'm good." That's just someone that knows more than what I do because they made the game. Like I'm telling you, I whoop those bots' ass. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's, there, there's just things they can do to make those bot matches more relevant. Like, so not to go back to it again, but Hearthstone, Hearthstone. You can play against the the innkeeper, and it has levels you can play against. You can play against an easy innkeeper. You can play against a hard in, innkeeper. You get a pick. And the harder one, it, it's not the most challenging, but it it's not also, it's not easy. Like, it can give a beginner troubles. And that's what I want to see. I want to see a bot that gives a beginner troubles. I didn't see a bot that gave me troubles no matter what I did. I could have, I mean, apart from what you did, where you just slapped together some cards you couldn't play. <laughs> like, uh, I didn't see anything that yeah. gave me troubles. <laughs> mana, I didn't know what the mana did. I didn't even know there was different types of mana because the tutorial I used didn't show me that. Right. <laughs> like, I had no clue. I was like, all right, cool. Let's throw some cards in there. They look good. You know, I, so that's what I went on. It, I mean, you, you touched into something, too, is... Uh, you know, saying that it could, it doesn't help the the, the gameplay. Um, and if you're trying not to, you know, get emotions involved and, and look at things like, well, of course, Hearthstone can do things like that. They have a huge, you know, developing team. They have lots of money to back it. It costs to buy the game. So you start weighing those in, you could understand. But you know, are you going to be giving this game a lot of time just because you feel sympathy or because you feel bad they don't have the money Hearthstone does, or are you just trying to enjoy your time? And if you're just trying to enjoy your time, then you just want good quality game and something you can pick up quick. And I think that's really what hurts this game is, uh, you know, like I said, they've worked on the long end. They've looked at, worked on the long game a lot. Uh, they've, they've put a lot into this and, and structured this to be something that could be really good. I think now it's just going to be how long do they want to put up with working through those kinks and marketing and trying to get people pulled in. Uh, you know, you know, again, we, it's like when we picked Spellbreak, I had no clue what that game was. Chrome, I knew this was a card game. You know, I, uh, unlike Spellbreak, I had no clue what that game was. I knew this, I didn't look. This, I knew it was a card game. But I, it was kind of, a, I thought, maybe even a hidden gem. I mean, it was a, a little hard to, to locate. I mean, you type in Chroma, there's a lot of other games that come up. You have to realize this is Chroma, Bloom, and Blight um, and make sure you're actually looking for that. And it's this is the only platform it's on. Is It was computers. You know, it's not on your phone. It's not on anything else. So it just doesn't come up as frequent. And so if, what are you going to, I want to hear your actual set score. You said between four and five. Let's, no, I let's said get four, four down point, to the nitty gritty. 
4.5, man. 4.5. That is it. Okay, 4.5. Yeah, 4.5. Well, wow. Yeah. You rated this game higher than me, which I find super surprising. (laughs) Out of the two of us, I feel like I'm usually the optimistic one. And I actually, like, tried to enjoy some of the back stuff. I have hopes for this game. Yeah, and that's, I think it, that's I good. think it could be more. I think I think the developers going in the right right way. There's a lot of things to like about this game. It's free to play. You get all the cards. I like card games. I really do. I really love card games. Um, I've always liked card games. I was a huge like. I'm a bit older than you. I I I was in the Magic the Gathering crew. Man, I played MGT. I played the hell at MGT. Like physically, but I own shit tons of cards downstairs man um still to this day i own about uh 100 150 cards now after moving several times and i never got a chance to really play we bought decks and you know me and like one friend would play but we didn't live in a we didn't live in an environment that really helped that kind of flourish you know nobody else was playing or had even heard of it so you know small town life so you know we knew what it was and we tried to play it on our own but hell we weren't even playing by the correct rules uh, it was the same. We even picked up like Yu-Gi-Oh cards and tried the same thing. And I think we just got to a point where we started making up our own rules because we were young and stupid and didn't really understand how to play the game correctly. But I get that. Yeah. I mean, you come from the Magic Gathering age for sure, which has been around forever. I mean, I think that's kind of, I think that's the core basis people all go back to is you can't mention card games and not bring up Magic Gathering and Hearthstone. You know, it's been around for a while, but w- what, maybe six years, seven years. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Which is starting to something to be starting to be quite a bit of time, but still nothing like what magic's been around for, what, 30 years. Something like that. I mean, yeah, I was playing it in the early 90s. So, I mean, I know it's older than that. I was playing with first gen cards back then. So, yeah. And and so and so I, I know you've you know, you're getting a little biased and stuff, which, you know, because of your hopes for this game and stuff. But, I you know, I'm I'm trying really hard to look at this game from just someone that hops on and goes, Oh, that's free. Let's download that. And that's really what I'm trying to stick to on this. And like I said, I'm usually the optimistic one. I feel like I think you would agree with that for sure. And I'm thinking like, if I just hopped on and downloaded this and some of the struggles I had, which game just came out, I'm trying to, (laughs) I'm trying to not think like, you know, too detailed, but my first out of the gate review would have been and i do a kind of a variation because i feel like i have trouble resting on a set number but i mean it was as low as 3.9 at its lowest and maybe 4.2 or 4.3 at its highest for me and the only thing that brought it up over a four is the sheer artwork and like uh story and stuff they put into it because i think it looks beautiful i actually really enjoyed the the 24 heroes and what they look like and the artwork. I really, really enjoy that part of it. Like I said, when I get on this, uh, you know, I think story, I think book, I think fantasy, uh, and I do like those elements to it, but I think just sheerly like what just hopping on and having so much trouble with matches and, and just the tutorial and then the issues with the tutorial and then coming back and it, they kind of being improved, you know, at that point, I, it, you know, if I look at it non-biasedly, I wouldn't have made it to that point the first time if I was playing this for just enjoyment. Yeah. I would have downloaded this game. I would have played for roughly 30 minutes to an hour to, and I may have just went, yeah, okay. Like I would have had to go cook dinner or do something and I probably wouldn't have came back and loaded and turned this game back on. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I fall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely get that. I, I, I definitely get that. I mean, I, like I said, it was a rough go, man. <laughs> Dude, from our text, I actually was like, man, Jesse's going to rate this like a 1.3. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm going to be the one that carries it a little higher because I do appreciate the artwork and the storyline, you know, them trying to put some backstory into, you know, to a card game, which who does that? You know, I mean, uh, you know, Hearthstone got lucky. They just pulled stuff from their other game that they already had out there right. you know they didn't have to build anything in the back all their characters everything was there they just had to make the structure for a card game uh you know so i was sitting here with our text i was sitting here going oh man this is gonna be brutal come come time to record uh and actually you rated it higher than me so i mean grats on that i guess you know maybe maybe you maybe you should have took another stella celebrate a little bit <laughs> you know this will be one of the Which, one of the random few times that i'm actually rating something yeah, I, higher than you i think <laughs> i know i absolutely agree i don't think this will happen very often uh you're one of the hardest critics i know personally on about everything so i'll find something that i think is amazing and you're like meh <laughs> Cool. I just really fell in love with this, but whatever, man. You're right. It's just meh. <laughs> okay. So 
let's get into this beer. And I know we both enjoyed it because we both drank them really quick. Um, but I, you know, if we're, we're going to rate this beer, I'm going to give it some different things too. So for uniqueness, I don't think it's super unique. Every beer anymore has some kind of citrus element, especially summer beer. That's the go-to. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily unique. Super drinkable though. I mean, I, I would literally give this like a nine and a half on drinkability. Like you, you know, we talk about this. This is your beer. I could see this being a summer thing that, you know, your friends get, you know, a uh, nostalgia to because you're like, oh, it's, we're hanging out and it's hot. It's out, you know, sweating outside. We're doing stuff. And that's what you guys grab. Stella Solstice. What I like that I didn't know beforehand was the actually kind of history to the company Stella. Like in Latin, that means star. That's why every, and I never even noticed this until like kind of doing a little bit of background. Uh, that's why they have the star above their logo on all of it is because that's actually in Latin what Stella stands for. It's also like 600 years old, which if anybody would just pay attention to the bottle, it, it's like it says on it 1366. And nobody, that's, that's old. Like that's crazy that they have been, you know, working out of a brewery that long. And it was in, uh, I think, believe 11 Belgium. Um, and they got the, it was from a Denhorn brewery that this like Stella came out of and another tidbit. So, you know, that I drive for a uh, distribution that candles Anheuser-Busch and I didn't know this either until I started looking into this. So the first time that Stella's ever been brewed in America was just last year in May. Oh, wow. It's always been brewed out of the country and they brought brewmasters over from there to help brew this and look and, you know, watch over it being brewed in America. And so that, I think that's kind of crazy amongst, amongst a uh, COVID Mind you, that's even kind of the crazier mm-hmm. part. Huh. They made this happen. So, wow. yeah. Um, to me, on the uniqueness scale, definitely. Wow. Um, more of the same. Um, I don't. I don't think this was uh, anything out of the ordinary. Um, yeah. So I'm curious because, so you actually purchased these beers for for the review. Uh, what was the uh, price point on these? In, in comparison to to like any standard domestic, I I don't know is this is this kind so since it's distributed by Anheuser is it considered part of the domestic family since it's still Art uh, Stella or it's considered part of, part of their um, higher end family. It's the the domestic family is like your your Bud mm-hmm. your Bud Light, mm-hmm. um, and then you get into the value brands and you get into like bush light and then down to like natural light and i think bush lights actually came up and was getting more to be like a, a standard domestic and your normal um but stella's on the high end mm-hmm. and and so you know they have a, a a midnight uh lager i believe and now they have this stella solstice that's kind of being put out everywhere at least where i'm at and that was um actually one of my reasons too for grabbing this is because i was hoping it was something more available for people everywhere instead of just like somewhere you know local to us and being on the higher end, like you said, it's it's not unique. It's their take on something I think that's been done quite a few times. Uh, it's still good. It's definitely something good to drink. But for a price point, from where I'm at, it's about two to three dollars higher a six pack bottles than your standard beer, like your standard Bud Bud Light. If that's if that's what you're saying is standard, yeah. you know that's where it's at. So it's not yeah, like if uh, somebody was going to go just. I know this is going to be like, uh, I don't know, probably sacrilege, but like this is going to be in the same class of family as somebody like picking up like Bud Light Limes or something like that. Like pretty close. Yeah. Like pretty close. It's a not summary, a lot higher. Yeah. It's a summary beer to me that that's all it really is. Just a summary beer with a hint of mm-hmm. citrus, something like that. Somebody who's going to be picking this up is really just going to be looking for something light and airy and Bud Light Lime kind of reminds me of that. Easy to drink. Yeah, easy to drink. Yeah. And that's that's all this kind of really was to me. And I think, man, uh, I think with the the Stella price and for what it was, yeah, it was it was good. It was all right, but just not everything that it should be, I think. You know? <laughs> like there's other summer beers. Yeah, I see, I- there's other summer beers I'd definitely go after before this one. Like, man, there's a ton of summer shandies I love. Um, there's a grapefruit summer shandy I'm I I'm absolutely smitten with, um, uh, hopefully we get to try. Yeah, I think the first time I actually had that was from you and they are really yeah, good, uh, but that's kind of like, but I mean, that's, uh, you know, especially coming from someone that likes a little bit more beer flavor in their beer. Uh, that's actually really surprising though, because those, those grapefruit summer shandies, all those shandies taste more like candy in your mouth mm-hmm. and a lot less beer. Mm-hmm. Like this, 
this I feel like was balanced. I mean, it, like you said, it, it wasn't unique. It was a Bud Light Lime, a Bud Light Orange. It was, you know, a little bit more flavor than those, but not like a ton. Yeah. Um, I, and since you rated the game first, I guess I'll go with the beer first, and then you can undershoot me or overshoot me how you feel. All right. uh, I would actually rate this a 6.9. And not because it's unique. That That's its biggest negative is, is there's just nothing unique about this beer to what's already out there other than the fact that it's got Stella on the name of it. And that might pull some people. I'm sure there's some loyal brand people. Um, but for drinkability and lightness and smoothness and still having a beer taste to it, yeah, I'm going to say a 6.9. I would – if you're not, I'm not going to reach, and, and I think you would agree, I'm not going to reach in a cooler if I'm at someone's house and they have this in there and be like, oh, no, it's all right. Like, if that's in a cooler, I'm going to drink that beer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, if it's there, I'm going I'm to drink this. That's definitely, I, I I would take this again. I'm I'm not going to look down my nose at this at all. Uh, so if I was to rate it, I, I'd probably rate it a little bit lower, mm, 6.4, um, I'm thinking, honestly, just because thinking about value, um, thinking about what you're getting for it. I think there's just a lot of other options that are, are right in that same, the same ballpark that have this same similar flavor, similar palette. They're going for the similar notes. Um, it's not very unique. It's just a summer lager, you know, eh, it's all right. Uh, but again, like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn it down. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, but there's that, there's that, eh. <laughs> all, all, all too familiar to that sound out of you, Jesse. All too familiar. All right. Well, I, does that wrap it up for you, sir? You have anything else you want to add? What do we have going on next week? Okay. So next week, we're going to bring in a little bit more winter vibes. And I feel like it's coming in a little late. I apologize for that. Uh, you can blame me if you'd like, Bahamut, whatever. Uh, but we have Spirit of the North, a very winter esque looking game with a beer out of Colorado. It's a cold brew nitro milk stout. And I think that's going to uh, fit perfectly with that game. And I'm actually really excited about it. I've, as I was drudging through this game, not because it's that bad, but because of the work it was putting into this, I was actually thinking hardcore about getting to this next one. And I'm hoping I didn't build my hopes on it too high. (laughs) So this is where we're starting to get into pairing our games with our beer. Awesome. Hey, hey. Hey, don't hate. I, I got a job to do, sir. Don't hate on him. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. I'm ready for that. All righty. Well, thank you for tuning into the monologues.